Here's what's coming up on today's show. If you're approaching retirement, you're finding that there is a lot to think about when you're planning your retirement withdrawal strategy. Today, Mark and I will talk about three common mistakes you should avoid to ensure your retirement income lasts longer and is stronger for you and your spouse. It's easy to get lost on the way to retirement. Things like taxes, improper planning, and excessive market risk can all lead you astray from your goal of a successful and happy retirement. That's where Liz Whittaberry comes in. She's a holistic financial advisor and the founder of Best Path Advisors, and she can help guide you to a better financial path. This is Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry. Welcome to the podcast. This is Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry and myself here to talk about these topics this week, as we always do. And if you've got questions or concerns, get yourself onto the calendar for that consultation and conversation with Liz at bestpathadvisors.com. That's bestpathadvisors.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you like using, Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. You can find us on all those big three uh, platforms, so make sure you check that out. And this week, we are going to talk about big retirement withdrawal mistakes. Got the kind of the big three, if you will. How you doing, Liz? You doing all right? I am great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You and I were just chatting at the time we're taping this. It's a Monday morning, and it feels like it, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, we all have those Mondays, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, did you have a good weekend? I did, and it's you know it's the time of year where it's nice outside, and I was sitting here uh, right before we got on listening to some birds outside the window and thinking yeah. just how nice that is. Yeah. I've got this whippoorwill that's been outside at night lately. I didn't think they were really that active at night, but it seems like every night when I take the dogs out towards the end of the night, he's just out there just going to town, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. He might be uh, starting a little community or something maybe back there, but yeah, I love listening to the birds sing as well. It's pretty nice. I love being in the country. So I do. Too. Yeah, you can definitely. I grew up in the stuff. country, there so absolutely love love plants and animals and sounds and all of that that the goes sa- along with being yeah. in the country. Yeah, the sounds of nature, right? Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Good stuff. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good weekend. Well, let's get in and talk about some of this topic this week for the listeners. Uh, retirement withdrawal strategies. You know, we've talked about these topics before. I'm sure we'll revisit them again. But what are some things that we need to kind of talk about in this regard? Well, I think we should start by just saying the basics, you know, when you're planning for retirement, you have to know what your cash flow is. Cash flow is king. And what I find with most of us is that we don't really have a budget or keep track of our cash flow when we're working. We kind of know what's coming in and what's going out, but we're not as focused on it as we were when we, you know, we're maybe in our 20 and 30s. Right. And so as you approach retirement, you've got to narrow that down, really say, what do I really need to live the lifestyle I want to live? Yeah. What's my income gap going to be? And where is that going to come from? Where am I going to cover that gap? What accounts do I have that, that I can use? Which should I use first, second, or third? What are the assets in those accounts specifically? And which assets should I use first, second, or third? If I'm going to be selling something, what should that be first, second, or third? And so just starting with the very basics and having that nailed down 
I think is very important. Yeah, you mentioned the B word, right? And a lot of people sometimes they panic, especially for retirees or pre-retirees when they hear the word budget. They think that means they're going to have to live on a restricted lifestyle. And that's not really what we're talking about. I mean, think about when we were first young and married and had kids or something like that. We probably had a budget, you know, so we could get through each month and yada, yada, yada. And it's like uh, the same kind of thing applies to retirement. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're living on a strict schedule or a strict budget. It just means that you've got a good basic understanding of what's coming in and what's going out so that you don't, you know, go a little too far, right? And that we Exactly. And I think I like to call it spending plan. Yeah, there you go. It's a better alternative, right? If that makes you happy. Then you have to say the Yeah, what do you what do you want to spend in order to have the lifestyle that you want? Great point. Well let's get into the three mistakes then. So okay, we gotta start with the basics, like you said. Gotta understand where that cash flow is coming from. Cash flow is king. But if we're talking about the withdrawal mistakes, what's mistake number one? is that going to be probably uh, rates and like trying to kind of we're trying to rely on uh, a specific number maybe of how much you're going to pull like four percent rule kind of concept? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And when you do research, you can see uh, you can find the four percent rule, the safe withdrawal rate, right? And it's called the safe withdrawal rate because that was based on a study that back in the 1960s they said if you invested in a 60 40 portfolio and you took no more than four percent you'd never run out of money now there's (laughs) a little different than the 60s nowadays isn't it it is very different and (laughs) people are living longer people have different portfolios people have uh, the economy is is always changing and different so there are things that are the same but things that are different and i believe what you really need to do is think about your own personal safe withdrawal rate for okay. your situation. Yeah. Well, and and again, you got to look at that, right? So each person's is going to be different. Maybe 4% is the number that works for you. Uh, I know recently, I mean, last couple of years, they've been saying the 4% rule is more like 2.85, you know, or something right. goofy like 3.1, right? Or whatever the case might be. So find out what that specific number rate's going to be because may- maybe maybe you've got a pension, right, Liz? And so you don't need to take 4%. Maybe you don't right. have a pension and you do need 4 right? So lots of different ways. Yeah. And one thing that is very interesting is that if you are more aggressive versus more conservative, mm-hmm. that's going to change the the safe withdrawal rate. Right. Yeah. But it also is going to be based on what level of success do you want to project in your plan? Do you want a 99% probability of success <laughs> that you'll never run out of money? Right. Are you okay with it being more of a 50-50 chance that you right. won't run right. out of money? Yeah. If you want that higher probability of success, then the more aggressive you are, the less you can take out in order to make sure that in all the volatility you end up with that in you never run out of money. Yeah. Whereas if you have a more conservative, you know, portfolio and mindset, it's going to be a more steady safe withdrawal rate at all levels of probability of success. So it's really interesting to look at how that plays. What is your comfort level with uh, your probability of success? And then how aggressive do you want to invest? And that's why that 4% rule really doesn't apply. Everybody has a different, different desire for how much probability of success they want built into their plan or how, you know, how flexible they are in the level of risk they would take in that. Do they want to, you know, spend more early on 
and know that they might have to drop their spending later on versus somebody that says, no, I really want it to be more level all the way through, and I want to have this very solid probability of success. So those are, those are some of the differences that can play into determining your own personalized safe withdrawal rate. Okay, great points for sure, and I like the higher probability myself, so I think most of us probably do. All right, mistake number two, relying on a traditional withdrawal strategy. What is that? That is really old thinking. You know, we've always thought that we need to defer taxes as long as possible. And while you're working, that that can make sense, yeah, especially ma- when tax rates were yeah. higher. Right. And, and tax rates have come down. But when you go into retirement, you really need to think differently about that. Because if you continue to take the approach that you're going to always defer taxes as long as possible, you're going to get to a point where you can't defer anymore and you've accumulated uh, this much bigger, you've let your IRA, 401k balances continue to increase, increase, increase. You now have to take a required minimum distribution, and it's a lot bigger than it would have to be. If you plan strategically from the beginning so that you're always filling up those lower tax brackets, you're spreading that tax out over time, you're using low rates. Don't let the low tax rates go to waste. It is not a win in retirement to have zero tax and push everything to the future (laughs) and then suddenly be in the 30% tax bracket. It would be much better to level that out uh, over time. And you can actually save significant money. Uh, You can save 30% in tax over your lifetime, total tax paid over your lifetime, you can you can save a lot of taxes by having a better withdrawal strategy. And it does need to be personalized to you. And that sounds like a pretty good win to me. I mean, 30% over your yeah. lifetime, right? And it's yes. easy because we do have, we have spent what, better part of 35 or 40, 45 years just saying, yeah, just put it in the 401k or whatever and kick it down the road. It's easy, right? I get it. It's easy to do. And, and nobody likes to pay the taxes. They think, well, I'll just, you know, I'll deal with it later, right? And, right. And, but you're setting yourself up for for that issue that you just decide, uh, just described there. And, and then there's, there's things like Irma too, right? So you right. got to consider that. And kind of run through that for us real quick. Well, if you allow that future you know, taxable distribution to get to be very big, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be able to avoid the higher level of IRMA. And and we've talked about IRMA in the past. Right. Um, that is your surcharge for Medicare premiums if you have a higher income, mm-hmm. higher taxable income on your tax return. And so you've got to think about your future required minimum distributions. What are those going to be? Think about what your IRMA surcharge could be from year to year. Think about when the first person passes away, what the widow's tax will be for the survivor, Mm, and do some strategic planning to, like I said, make sure that that withdrawal strategy is leveling things out or even taking advantage of Roth conversions or things that you could do to ensure that your future self has lower taxes more level taxes and save taxes over your lifetime. There you go. Because we've got those two, We I've always referred to them and heard them referred to as this way. We've got those two family members that are looking out, uh, looking for some extra money from us. We've got our Uncle Sam and our Aunt Irma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Uh, not our favorite family. Not members. our favorite family members. <laughs> they usually crash the Fourth of July party and ask for all the good stuff. They want the hot the hot dogs and the hamburgers and, and the, or the, or if, it, if potato salad's your favorite, right? Then they wind up eating all the potato salad and that kind of thing. That's yeah. how my dad used to tell me all the time. He used to crack up laughing at that. It's like, who's Aunt Irma? I've never met this. He's like, don't worry, you'll meet her one day. <laughs> So, all right, let's do uh, mistake number three here, uh, and that is, you mentioned earlier, Liz, the 60-40, right? The traditional 60-40 yes. portfolio, relying on that uh, as a set it and forget it. Again, we've been conditioned, so I, I, I right. get it that it's easy for folks to do. Um, let me Just give me that old 60-40 portfolio split, and I should be good to roll. <sighs> Maybe not in the modern era. So, Right, right. If we think about last year, you know, the market was <laughs> yeah. down. Good point. The 60% equities were down and the 40% bonds were down. Right. And that's the so 60 Everything was down. Yeah. And if you're just invested only in 60-40, then your whole portfolio is down. You've just retired. You know, maybe it's down 20% overall. What's that going to do to the longevity of your plan? Well, that could cut a decade off of the longevity. Mm -hmm. Research has shown that yeah. that could cost you a decade in the longevity of your portfolio Ouch. by starting out at the beginning of retirement with that kind of a hit and needing to cash in something to fill in your you know retirement income gap. Yeah, the shortfall. So, right. yeah. yeah, that that shortfall. So. You know, I, I think the better approach, again, is to have a very personalized portfolio. That needs to be, uh, in my opinion, a bucket strategy where you are setting aside some money that is for the first year, two years, five years, that's very safe, very secure, and then you are moving into some moderate risk and some growth-oriented for those uh, investments that you're not going to need for at least 10 years. And that allows those investments to come back before the time that you actually need to use them. And each year as you go forward, you've got to look at, is this a good year to do some rebalancing? Is this a good year to fill up that first bucket? Mm -hmm. uh, is it not a good year to do that? There's a lot of thought that needs to go into that. You can also include non-traditional assets in the portfolio, so not just stocks and bonds. And there's a wide range of those. So what would fit would depend on the person. Uh, so I won't get into a, a long conversation on that. But there's, there's things that you can do to ensure that your portfolio is going to be able to weather the ups and downs that you're going to have during retirement, and you're still going to be able to take your retirement income. You're not going to have to worry about the fact that you know, those long-term investments are down because there's time for them to come back and you're not going to jeopardize your income. Yeah, I think that's, you know, again, that's a really good point with the, some of this stuff because, you know, these things work like the bucket strategy and like, why does it work? Well, we do have to have this now money, the later money. And you think about the traditional 60-40 and, and how you kind of mentioned last year, both sides of this were down. And that's and that's an anomaly. I understand that doesn't often happen that way, but it still can, right? So you, you need right. that now money and that later money. And a lot of us get hung up on whatever's happening in the market affecting us today. But a lot of times, hopefully, it is your later money, right? right. So if you can kind of separate yourself emotionally 
And then again, tough to do. But if you can separate yourself emotionally a little bit, then it's easier to go, okay, look, I don't need that money that's that's right now down in the market for another 12, 15, 18 years, whatever it might be. And that kind of gives you a little bit of breathing room there. Uh, and that's where you, I think, as uh, qualified professionals, financial professionals, really come in and bring value because that's kind of your job to kind of say, okay, let's talk you off the ledge a little bit and, and kind of show you that we've got the plan in place, it's working, everything's okay, and that money is going to be later on. And we've got time for that to kind of rebound a little bit. Absolutely. That is a big part of what I spend my time on, uh, looking at the portfolios and making sure having the plan, knowing the income that is needed, knowing when that income is needed, and then having the investments that are going to match each of those needs over time yep. and, and monitoring that and making adjustments and tweaks. And then deciding, okay, if we need to make an adjustment or tweak, what what should we adjust or tweak and do we have an mm -hmm. opportunity to take advantage of some tax strategies, some tax gain harvesting at zero tax or some tax loss harvesting that will offset some other income or some, uh, you know, the ability to do other tax strategies to help increase the longevity of the portfolio, really. Anytime well, yeah. you can save tax money, you can increase, the, you keep more for yourself. Yeah. And, and the longer we're around and that's happening more and more, the better that kind of a uh, looks <laughs> and feels, right? Because yeah. we're yeah. living longer, so we need our money to, quote unquote, live longer as well. All right. Well, that's uh, that, I think that's the, th the three big ones there that we had. Liz, anything else uh, on uh, some big retirement withdrawal mistakes we need to cover? You know, those were the things that were top of my mind when we started this conversation. I just, you know, it is complicated, but it's not you know, it's not rocket science. It just takes a lot of planning and thinking. Right. And uh, I want to make sure that anybody that is listening to this has some of those things that they should be thinking about so that they don't miss them in their thought process. Uh, so that they, they don't end up, you know, a year from now, two years from now thinking, oh, I wish I had known that. Yeah. I would have done things differently. I can't obviously help everybody in the whole nation, but I can certainly try to get some really good information out there so that people know what they should be thinking about. And that was the, the thing on my mind today. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I mean, and that's the whole reason we do the podcast as well, right? Is why you yeah. do some of your YouTube videos and things. And, and, and I mean, this outlet, the, the social outlet, I suppose, for lack of a better term, or the internet outlet, uh, that's one of the great things that does come from it, right? Often we kind of get frustrated with uh, all the negativity out there on, on the internet and social media, but there's a lot of positive things as well. And a lot of, a, a lot of service providers like yourself can bring good information to folks uh, if you're willing to look for it and willing to you know spend a little time you know taking it to heart, doing some research. And that is kind of the point of subscribing to the podcast. So if you enjoy the content mm -hmm. and you like what we're talking about and, and it's uh, you find it helpful, not, you know, every single week you may not find something that relates to you, but certainly you're going to find some good information in there that can help help you, well, basically retire on your best path, right? To get a nice, exactly. to work a shameless plug in there. <laughs> exactly. Because that's, that's right. We're here to help you be on your best path. Exactly. So do yourself a favor and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can certainly find everything, like I said earlier, on Apple, Google, Spotify. Just type it into the search box. Retire on your best path uh, is what you'll type into the search box. But if you want to make it easy on yourself, just go to bestpathadvisors.com. You can find everything there. Liz has got a lot of good tools, tips, and resources. You can also reach out to her at bestpathadvisors.com. Liz, thanks for hanging out as always. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great week. You too. Thank you, Mark. We'll see you next time right here on Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry, founder and financial advisor at Best Path Advisors. 
The preceding program is sponsored by Best Path Advisors, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. Best Path Advisors, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by Liz Whitberry should not be construed as specific tax, legal, or investment advice, nor as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Neither J.W. Cole Financial nor its representatives provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W. Cole. Investing is subject to risks, including the loss of principal. Due to volatility within the markets mentioned, opinions are subject to change without notice. Information is based on sources believed to be reliable, however their accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed.